Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Crawley. This message is by Rohan Andrew. It's great to see you all. It's great to see a full house this morning. And we're just going to continue our series on prayer. So this is week two of the series. is called I Dare You. And it's all about prayer. Um, and I'm just going to do a very quick recap of Pastor Clive's video that we had last week. And he really launched us into this month about prayer. And it was, it was a great start. So he talked about uh, pray, prayer in its, in its essence is aligning our lives with God and aligning God's purposes into this world. Do you know what I mean? He's, he, prayer brings everything into alignment. So when we pray for things and we want to see things change, we want to see people's lives change and our towns, our, our jobs, whatever, we want to see change, we're actually saying, God, okay, what is your will for this situation? And we, and we release that, we declare that, we command that to take place and we bring that into alignment and that's actually bringing it into alignment with, with his heart, with his will, with, with what's going on in heaven. And we're going to look at that in a second as we go into the scripture. And Pastor Christ talked about the Ecclesia, and that's another name for the church. Um, it's a gathering of people that govern and legislate. So the word Ecclesia in the Greek was, uh, was referring to a, a group of people that would get together um, back in the Roman times, and they would be people that governed in a certain area and they they legislated so they they made decisions and they spoke things out and they said right this is what's happening this is what we're going to do kind of like a council type of meeting and that's what as as us as believers that's what we're who we're called to be that wherever we are we govern that area we we just we in the spirit realm we speak things out to the to change the lives of people in the area or the sphere of influence that God's given to us we speak things out so over your house Household, over your children, in your jobs, in your, your place of work, wherever you are, in your neighborhood, for our town, for our nation, as the body of Christ, we're called to govern and to, to release the will of God, to legislate. So in the spirit realm, we declare things and they take place. Amen? We declare the will of God and it takes place. So he also talked about digging wells and unblocking the wells and I thought that was quite a powerful illustration that he used because we need to continually not just rely on what the generation has done before us but unblock wells inside of our lives actually Holly brought a really good message about that I don't is she here today she brought a powerful message about unblocking the wells in our lives personally. But there's also a spiritual well that we need to continue to dig. And each generation has a responsibility to dig into God and to dig in worship, in prayer, in the word, and to, to make space for other people to be able to receive from God. And that takes time and that takes effort. It takes dedication. It takes prayer. But actually what God wants to do in each generation of time is, is for people to get together, the called out ones, the ecclesia, and to press into God, to see his will take place for our generation. And, you know, this message is out online, so you can go back and have a look at that if you missed it. But it was a powerful word, and I'll just give a very quick recap there, but it goes into a lot more, he goes into a lot more detail. But, you know, actually, God, God spoke to me a while back and said, we... Sometimes, as, as our generation, we can rely on what 
the last generation did and think that God's going to do the same in our generation when we haven't actually paid the price or, or sowed our lives in in the same way that they did. So we sometimes just expect God to just turn up and see revival happen. And Pastor Collins, our apostle, and he's the founder of Kingdom Faith, and he saw revival in his days, and he saw God do amazing, amazing things. If any of you have been around Kingdom Faith for a while, you would have heard some of the just crazy, crazy stories of stuff that God has done. But he had to pay a price for that, and people around him at that time had to pay a price to dig those wells and to see God move like that. And I felt God say that probably was a rebuke for me, but probably applies to a lot of us, that actually he paid a price to see those things take place and if you you've got to also sow your life and pay the price to see God move in that kind of way it doesn't just happen automatically yes the generation before us can encourage us and, and sow into us and pray for us and teach us but we've also got to do our own digging of our own spiritual well to see that fresh water the living water of the spirit just released in in what in what they saw So I want to encourage you, you know, take that time when you're at home with God or when we're we're doing prayer meetings or when we're on a Sunday morning or when we get together, that's that's sowing in the spirit, that's digging our well, that's doing something for our generation. I encourage you to be part of that. Okay. So into my message for this morning. So this is what I believe that God's given me for us this morning. And we're going to do some praying at the end as a response. So we're going to pray for each other. But I've been kind of living in Matthew 6 for the last number of weeks. And if you've got a Bible, if you just flick to Matthew 6. I'm not, not going to go there yet. We're going to pull some scriptures out in a bit. Or on your phones. But Matthew 6 is a, a very encouraging chapter. And it's all about... It's about prayer, it's about provision. I love some of the bits where Jesus is talking about where your treasure is, your heart will be also. It has some really good bits about money and how money should work in our lives. Ultimately, I love the way it ends, where it says, seek first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness, and everything will be added. It's a really encouraging chapter. And what we're going to focus on this morning is from verse 9 to 13. I mean, we'll go through uh, some of the other bits in in Matthew 6, but we're going to look at how Jesus taught us how to pray with the Lord's Prayer, which many of us would have heard. Now, just a bit of personal testimony. When I first became a, a believer, I first became a Christian, you know, my prayer life was very basic and very shallow, as it would be for someone who's brand new, doesn't know a lot about God and I, you know daily I would kind of just come to God in the morning and say God I just pray that I have a good day today pray that everything goes well and if I was going into anything I mean I was at university at that point you know God I just pray that I have good lectures or whatever and I understand what's going on and uh, you know just help me God it's kind of very basic shallow you know basic level but to the degree of my understanding at the time that's the level of prayer it's just asking God for things for him to do stuff for me and as we grow as believers there is a responsibility for us to actually to grow in prayer in all things to do with God we should be growing we should be maturing I spoke about that um, a few weeks ago about maturing in God growing in God and and 
I've noticed in my life that actually sometimes God wouldn't just answer. When I, if I prayed in a certain way, God wouldn't answer my prayers, I noticed, because, and, and I, I kind of had a battle with God about this. Okay, why aren't you answering some of my prayers? This is as I was growing as a believer. And I felt God say to me that it's because you've been taught how to pray now in a different way. You, you need to grow in prayer. You need to go to the next level in prayer. You need to understand how to command and to, to decree things and to speak things into being and to speak to mountains. You know, if we just operate in the basic level that we've we kind of started off in I think God sometimes he requires more of us as we grow in all sorts of things in our in our walk with God in in how we forgive each other he expects us if we've been taught something whether in church or wherever or in the books or in the bible or wherever you've heard God spoken something to you he expects you to then operate in that and then he, he, then he goes, you know, he'll teach you more, and then you operate in that, and then you teach, he teaches you more, and you go up levels, you go up degrees. So, in, so from, from where I was then to where I am now, there's been a long process of growing, and how many know you grow by experience a lot of the time? You, you learn by the way you live. You learn by, oh, I prayed this way, and this happened, and now I'm praying that way, and that's not quite happening. Okay, God, what, what do I need to... Teach me how to pray. Teach me how to grow in prayer. There's, there's a responsibility that as we grow, like as a baby, there's lots of babies around these days in our congregation. As a baby, they, they're fed by their mothers, first of all, and then they're spoon-fed, and then they have a, a, a spoon, and they start to feed themselves, and they make a bit of a mess, and then they grow, you know, they, they're able to then just you give them their food and they take their plates and they're able to sit down with their knives and forks and eat properly and put their plates away. You know, there's a process of, of growing, maturing. And God expects, we don't expect, uh, like we've got a nine-year-old to be still being spoon-fed. He has to grow up and learn how to use how to use his hands and use the tools that he, he needs to use to be able to feed himself. And that's the process that God takes us on. And that's not just about prayer. That's about in all things to do with God. I think sometimes we can be still expecting God to do just basic things. And God's like, actually, no, I've taught you a better way. I've taught you how to grow in this. I've taught you how to, mature, to be more mature and to use what I've... I expect you to use what I've given you, basically. And that's, God's, that's how God works in our lives. Now in Matthew 6, if we look at the Lord's Prayer, Jesus gave his disciples a, a, a method of praying. Now this, the Lord's Prayer is not just a prayer to be recited over and over and over and over. And I used to do that when I was a young believer. And that's, a, that's another example. She used to take the Lord's Prayer our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, and just say it over and over and it were like every day. And I felt like I'd done my, my godly bit because in the morning I said the Lord's Prayer. But actually God isn't just expecting us to take that. Maybe when I was a baby believer, I could, he, he was happy that I was praying the Lord's Prayer every day. But as I grow, it's like actually the Lord's Prayer, there's a lot more in it than just reciting it over and over again. Amen. So when he taught his disciples about the Lord's Prayer, it was actually uh, more of a, a, a format of how to pray, not just copy this prayer and just pray this every day for the rest of your life and you'll be, you know, everything will go well for you. He, he's taught us principles and he showed us things from the Lord's Prayer to apply to our prayer lives. Amen. Does that make sense? So if we just look at the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, it should come up on the screen. 
And this is from the NIV. And I'll just, re- I'll just read through it, and we're just going to take it apart and just look at it. It says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's use my clicker. Give us today our daily bread. Is that working? No, okay, Sean, you'll have to do it. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And if we just go back to, just go back to the beginning of that. So this is the Lord's Prayer. Many of us would have heard it. Many of us, I don't know, we used to say it in schools, I think, and you know, many of us would have heard this prayed before. Um, and, and it could be slightly different. Depending on your translation, there's slightly different bits. And some manuscripts have the end bit of, you know, um, let's see if I can remember it. Uh, Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. That's added in on some manuscripts and little bits of change. But this is the, base, the basic, the, the format that God gave us to pray. So we're just going to have a look at that. So first of all, if we look at our Father in heaven... So what was Jesus trying to get across to us when he, he was teaching us to pray? And the very first thing he said was to pray, our Father in heaven. Now, I just, you know, praying through this and studying it out, I just felt that our Father in heaven is us starting with our identity, isn't it? It's us starting with knowing that he is our Father and we are his children, And that's a great place to start in prayer. And actually, what you can do with the Lord's Prayer, it's a very good basis for um, maybe your quiet times with God or your times where you just meet with God in the morning or whenever and you're just having some kind of devotional time with God. There's there's some very good principles in the Lord's Prayer to kind of take you through that. So we start with our Father, which is our start place. is our identity in Him. He's our Father. We're His children. If you flick to the next slide, which is Romans 8, this is just talking about our relationship with God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call, we call him Abba Father. So that's relation. This is, this is just a scripture that just talks about our relationship with God. We call him Abba. Abba Father, he's our father, our our dad. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. So that's our standpoint. That's our starting point with God. When we come to him, we pray. We need to know that we are his children, that we are co-heirs. Some translations say co-heirs with Christ Jesus. So we have rights. We have a right to come to him and to to come before him and pray. I like um, Jesse running up to Jake this morning. That's that's what prayer should all be about, shouldn't it? It should be about that relationship between a, a child and his father that we just run to him. When we come to pray, we come before him. Daddy, God, Abba, Father, I come to you. I come before you. Let's pray. What, what, what should be, what, what do you want me to pray? Here's some things on my heart that, you know, you know the scripture says to make our, let your request be made known to God. Here's some things that, that 
I need breakthrough in in my life, to see change in my life. But what is it on your heart, God? What do you want me to pray? But it always starts with relationship. That's what the beginning of this prayer is. It's all about relationship between us as children and us with God. And in that relationship with our heavenly father we have a right, we have rights to come before him there's no barrier there's no separation there's no nothing stopping us as pastor gary mentioned this morning about the blood of jesus about what jesus did for us on the cross that made the way open for us to have that full relationship with god our father and the next the next bit is so our father in heaven hallowed be your name or your name is holy, holy is your name. And that's, that's starting off in worship. That's God, you're my father. I see my identity as a child of God. I stand confident before you that I'm loved by my heavenly father. And then we go into worship. Holy is your name or hallowed be your name. I just pulled a scripture from uh, 1 Samuel 2.2. 2 which says, there is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. And that's worship. So we come before him in confidence that we can step into his presence, that we're his children, and then we worship him. You are holy. We recognize his holiness. We recognize his glory, how great he is. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. We recognize his holiness. If you just flick to the next one. And also, I am the Lord, your holy one, Israel's creator, your king. So he is our Lord. I like it where it says there, your holy one. He is our holy one. So we can come before him with confidence into that holy place, into his presence. And, we, and there should be something of gratitude, of love in our heart for him. And we don't, we're not just coming into to pray where it's just, God, here's my shopping list of things that I want you to do in my life. But it's like, God, I, I adore you. I love you. I worship you. And there's a, there's a closeness in our prayer. There's a closeness in our relationship. I am the Lord, your holy one, Israel's creator, your king. He's our king. He's our holy one. So we pray from a place of loving God. We pray from a place of relationship and we pray for a place out of love and worship to God. Okay, so the next bit, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we already mentioned this morning that actually what Pastor Clive was mentioning last week about us aligning ourselves with God and aligning, when we're praying, we're aligning God's will to take place. And that's, that's why that part of the Lord's Prayer says, your kingdom come, so his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we're declaring, we're decreeing, we're speaking out, we're releasing his will to take place, his kingdom to come, and, and for, for his rule and reign. So the kingdom of God is the kingdom in, in its most basic understanding is where a king rules and reigns or a queen rules and reigns. So the kingdom of God is where God rules and reigns. And we're saying, God, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come into my life, into my family's life, into my household. 
into my thinking. Let your rule and reign overtake my thinking, my life, what I'm, what's going on in me, my issues. Let your kingdom rule and reign come into our nation. Our nation desperately needs the rule and reign of God. Amen. Our towns. God, let your kingdom come into our towns. Let your rule and reign advance into our towns, into our into our jobs, into our church, into our, 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 the calling of God into our lives. Lord, oh, just come into me and rule and reign in me and through me. It's a good, it's a good way to pray because we want his authority to be taking place wherever we are, in our places of work, in our households, with our children. God, let your decisions be made. Let your will take place. Let heaven just overtake what's going on here in earth. Stephen, um, who's back there, give us a wave, Stephen, is, is out on the streets, and we need to hear more of his testimonies. I'm, I'm part of his WhatsApp group, and I hear all the testimonies of the amazing things that God is doing through him and some other guys that go out and pray for the sick. And, and I'm not going to spoil some of his stories because he needs to come up and say some of these. Um, but God is, the power of God is just being released through these guys, and they're seeing people healed of all sorts of things going on and Stevens was telling me the other day in a message that you know he he felt someone's shoulder grow grow under his hand as he was praying for them and that's the kingdom of God advancing amen that's the kingdom God's kingdom his power his rule his reign coming into someone's body and taking over whatever's going on in there and that's what that's what that scripture that part of the Lord's Prayer is about your kingdom come, you advance, Lord God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's, it's powerful that Jesus, right from the get-go with his disciples, t- taught them, Lord, he was saying to them, pray, let, let heaven overtake what's happening in earth. Let heaven come down and let that be released here on earth. And you know, as I was just thinking about, okay, I'm praying about kind of what, what is a good example of what, what goes on in heaven. I just, just felt like the, the fruits of the Spirit. So in Galatians 5, in heaven, there's love, there's joy, there's peace. Amen? The fruits of the Spirit. So as, so as believers this morning, if you're a believer here today... We're meant to be walking in the Spirit. We're meant to be living in the Spirit. We're meant to be releasing God's Spirit inside of us to what's going on around us. So the love of the Spirit. So whatever is going on in the, from the Holy Spirit is actually what's, what's from heaven. So the love, the joy, the peace, that's the kind of people we should be. We should be coming under the influence of God's Holy Spirit, which should be releasing the love, joy, peace to people. We should be living in patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. They're the fruits of the Spirit, the fruits of heaven. That's, that's what it's going to be like when we get to heaven. People will be full of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and all of the rest of it. That's a picture of Jesus, isn't it? So against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ have crucified their flesh with its passions and desires. And that scripture, that last bit at the end from verse 24... That's just a little pointer of how we walk in the spirit, that we crucify our flesh or we reckon ourselves as dead to sin and dead to our flesh and dead to our kind of carnal nature, um, but alive to Christ and allowing his spirit to live out his life through us. 
And there's loads of scriptures about that, and that's a whole other kind of topic we can go into. But we, we crucify our flesh, which means we say no to the things of the world, no to sin, and we reckon ourselves kind of dead to sin, and then we're, but we're alive in the Spirit. We're alive to Christ. And then we allow our, the Spirit of God to work through us and, not, and we stop our flesh from kind of taking control. We yield to the Spirit of God. And when we do that, we will see heaven come out of our lives. We'll see that love. We'll see that joy and that peace. So just to summarize that bit, we pray from God's perspective from a heavenly perspective. So when we're praying, we're praying, your kingdom come, Lord God, your will be done. Not my will, but yours be done. Let heaven invade whatever's going on. If we're praying for our children, let, let the will of heaven, let the will of God take place in our children's lives or in our schools, colleges, workplaces. So the next bit, give, to, give us today our daily bread. And that really speaks about us having everything we need. So it's not just about physical daily bread that we eat. It's about, I believe it is about provision. It is about food, but it's also about spiritual food. It's God giving to us everything we need. In fact, if we flick to Matthew, if we flick to that next slide, which was, yeah, that, uh, no, if you just keep going, I'll tell you when to stop. Yeah, Matthew 6, that's it. So in the end of Matthew 6, after the Lord's Prayer and after some other scriptures, this is, this is God's provision for us. When we pray, when he said, pray, give us today our daily bread, this is the promises that we have from God to kind of declare on that. So Matthew 6, 25, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? So there's some promises there. If we flick to the next one. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which he is here today and tomorrow stoned to the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things and your heavenly father knows that you are in need of them. So these promises there of God clothing us, of God feeding us, of God giving us what we need to drink, it's provision. God is promised to provide for us. Later on in that scripture, right at the end, it does say, as I think I mentioned right at the beginning, it said, um, seek first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness, and all of these things will be added to us. So as we continue to seek God's will for our lives and we seek his kingdom first and we seek him out and to be obedient to him, he promises to add all of these things to our lives. And these are things that we, do, we don't need to worry about. We shouldn't be worrying about you know, money or or what we, like it says here, what we eat, what we wear, what we're going to do tomorrow. Don't worry, don't worry about stuff in life. God will provide for us. And when we seek first the kingdom of God, it's, for me, that's putting him first in our life, in the decisions we make on a daily basis, on the, the choices that we make, and whatever we do with our lives, we seek him first. We make him the first thing. And in prayer, it's, okay, God, 
for this part of my life, I'm not just going to jump into, okay, okay, we might have a shortfall in finances or whatever, personally for you, or, you know, there's sickness or whatever. I go first to God before I start trying to work out in my, in my head what I can do, or what should I do, and where should I go. Okay, God, what are you saying through this? What is your will? What do you want me to do? Lord, and then we hear that, and then we pray that. We speak that out over our circumstances. We speak that out over the stuff that's going on around us. But he's, he's saying there, give us today our daily bread. So he's, he's saying, come to me and ask me for your daily bread, your daily spiritual needs, your physical needs, and I'll give them to you. It's our dependence on him that he's looking for. He wants us to be dependent on him, not dependent on ourselves. So we pray from a place of dependence on God. And the next bit, it says... And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And if we skip to the end of that, I don't know if I've put that up there, but if we skip to the end of uh, the Lord's Prayer, right at the end of the Lord's Prayer, the next verse, verse 14 and 15, I'm not sure it's on the slides, it says, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. And that's quite a strong scripture, isn't it? But it's the word of God. And, you know, we don't try and make excuses for the word of God. If, if that's what Jesus said to his disciples and that's what he's saying to us, we need to forgive. And there's other scriptures that explain that, that if we've been forgiven much, we need to forgive much as well. So if we're holding on to sin, we're, hold, we're holding on to, not sin, sorry, if we're holding on to bitterness or anger or resentment or we're holding on to people that have wronged us or people that have spoken or done things to us, God is saying, and I believe he's saying this with mercy, but he's saying we need to forgive those, um, forgive, forgive other people it says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. We need to forgive other people. We need to have the same mercy that God showed us. We need to give that to, other, give that to others. And I think it's important to what we call keep short accounts, which is daily, just going over, it, it, at the end of your day maybe, was there someone that, well, I mean most days, there's, there's someone that's going to annoy you, frustrate you, get on your nerves, wind you up. Sometimes it's your kids. Sometimes it might be your wife or your or husband. No offence, huh? Uh, <laughs> but there's little things that just that they can just store up, just a little bit of offence here and a little bit of anger there or a little bit of resentment there. And God wants us to keep short accounts and keep forgiving and, for, and keep releasing people into his mercy, into his hands. So we need to do that. And, and actually... In, in the Lord's Prayer, before it says that, it says, forgive us our debts. Lord, forgive me for the things that I've done wrong. We come before him in prayer. God, just forgive me. And that's, that's, a, good, that's a good point to, to start in prayer, isn't it? God, Lord, just forgive me. I know I've done this wrong. I've done that wrong. I know I've said this, done this, thought this. God, just, I'm sorry. Help me to deal with those things. Help me to process those things. Lord, I just bring them. I confess them. I bring them before you. And his scripture says he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. So when we just bring those things before God and we turn away from them, we ask God to help us to turn away from them. 
if we can't, if we struggle to do that ourselves, he, for, he forgives us. He wipes that slate clean. So, and as he forgives us, then we, we offer out that forgiveness to others as well. So we pray from a place of being right with God. We want to be right with him. We want to make sure there's nothing blocking us, blocking his forgiveness from coming to us, blocking his, you know, his hand from moving in our lives. We want to make sure everything's just dealt with and we, we come to him daily when we pray. God, just make sure, you can ask him, ask, say Holy Spirit, just highlight to me if there's anything I'm holding on to, any, any unforgiveness, any any sin going on in my life, just, just reveal it to me so that I can just bring it before you, God, and deal with it. And lastly, it says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And I kind of immediately went to a scripture here. And, and really, what God is saying there is, is just, God, I don't want to fall. Pray, God, I don't want to fall into temptation. I don't want to just fall into uh, the enemy's trap for my life and, and causing me to kind of veer off what you're wanting for my life. Deliver me from the evil one. In Psalm 91, I'll just quickly read it. It says, if you, in part of it, towards the end, if you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him, I'll protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I'll answer him and I'll be with him in trouble. And I'll deliver him and honor him. With long life, I'll satisfy him and show him my salvation. It's a great psalm. I just really encourage you to flick through Psalm, have a read of Psalm 91. Some great, great promises there. But God wants to protect us. And when it says we'll trample the, the lion and the cobra, that's talking about the demonic stuff that the enemy wants to throw against us. We can trample, he's under our feet. I mean, we trample down the enemy and we take, we, we have, he's given us all authority over all the powers of the evil one. We have authority over the enemy. So when we're praying, deliver us from evil, and then when we're bringing that, incorporating that into our prayer life, it, it's a place of authority. We, we have authority over all his works, and we trample everything that the enemy tries to throw at us under our feet. Amen? Okay. So we pray from a place of confidence and protection from God. That's what that last section talks about. Deliver us from it. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. Now, before I just release you guys to pray for each other, I'm going to, because of time, I'm going to only answer one of these questions. But remember last week I gave you some um, forms to fill in about prayer um, and I got quite a lot back. And also this morning, if you didn't fill one of those forms in, Penny will hand one out to you. I'll, just, I'll, I'll get you to put your hands up later at the end. Penny will hand one, out, hand one of them out to you. But there were some questionnaires about prayer that I wanted everyone to fill in just to find out you know, how we can help our, the prayer life in Crawley just increase and be better. And I got some great replies. And... It, we are going to change some of the ways that we do our prayer meetings and ha when we do our prayer meetings and what they look like based on that feedback. So 
it's really important. If you didn't fill one, of those, fill one of those out, please fill one of those out. If you're not part of our congregation, you're just here today visiting then you, or new, you don't need to fill that out. But if you, you're a member here and you've been around for a while, just make sure you fill those questionnaires out and we get them back because your feedback is very important. But part of that questionnaire, there was a, there was a place um, to ask questions and I said I'll answer some questions. Because of time, we're not going to get through both of these, but I'll get Sandra to answer that next week when she preaches. But one of the questions was, let's go for this one. Um, When you've prayed lots, but not seen anything happen, how do you continue to pray? Which is a very good question that may, I'm sure all of us at some point in time in our Christian walk have experienced unanswered prayer. We, we're praying, we're praying, we're praying, we want to see God do something, and then we've not seen it happen. So the, the question is, how do you continue? Now, I've got a number of answers for this, but just a personal testimony. Um, our son, Judah, who was... Um, him and Levi, our oldest, were in Hancross Primary School. And we moved house to Ifield, and there's a great Christian school right around the corner from us that we believe that they're meant to both be at. So we kind of did the application stuff to move kids from one school to the next. And Levi got straight in, and he moved school, and everything was great. It's literally a few minutes walk around the corner from us. So Levi got straight in, but Judah didn't get a place in the school. So we were just like, okay, well, we just assume that God wants him in that school right now. So we were just praying, praying, praying. Months and months, we were just praying, getting other people to pray for us. And God would just open that place up in that school for Judah to get into now. So that it's very complicated when you're trying to drop one kid at one school, you've got another kid at another school, and then just a lot of traveling around and difficulty. So we're like, God, we assume that you want Judah in, in that school now. So we were praying, 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 and we weren't really getting very far. Nothing was opening up. Um, I think six months had passed, and we just there was nothing. And we kept going back to St. Margaret's School and saying, is there any spaces? Is there any, can we get higher up on the priority list? Is there anything we can do to make that happen? And it was like, no, 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 no. So we were just continuing to pray. And then we both individually, myself and Anna, just heard things from God that was just like, you know, he's actually meant to be there now. He's meant to be there and he's fine there. And at the right time, I will move him. And, and we heard some other stuff from God just about him, be, you know, what God wanted to do with him while he was there. And I knew that him and Levi in the same school were quite I think Judah was quite dependent on his older brother in that school. And there's just loads of reasons why them being in separate schools was actually a a massive positive. And actually Judah academically grew really well in Hancock School because it's actually a very, very good primary school. He grew there, grew in confidence there. And, you know, he he, he just grew and, and God wanted him to be there. And we, it was only until we heard that from God that we then decided, and actually God, I felt God say to me, just you don't need to keep praying about it. He's meant to be there. At the right time, I'll move him. And when you hear something from God, that's when it kind of settles your heart as to what's going on with your situation. So that would be my first thing to answer that question. When you're not seeing anything happen, what have you heard from God? What is God saying about the situation? Because that's massively, massively important. What's God said? What is his will? What's his time frame for this? Because there's many prayers in the Bible. There's people in the, in the Old Testament, some of the stories in the Bible, they had to wait years and years and years and years to see God fulfill prayer. What it, you, you need to hear something from God. 
does what you're praying for line up with the word of God? Is it something you're, you are actually praying something that God is going to do? You know, you're not praying something that, you know, I, I, I don't know, something that's going to be sin. Do you know what I mean? Does it line up with the word? And lastly, to answer that question, have someone else, maybe someone who is spiritually more mature than you or a leader or whatever to just weigh what you're praying to to come alongside you and say okay you're asking God for this or you you say to the person I'm asking God for this I've been praying for this for for years or whatever or weeks and God's not doing it what is can you help me and actually having someone just pray with you and just listen to God with you and and just discern what God's wanting to say in this situation will also help and there's a scripture, I think it's the last slide, or maybe the second from last slide, which is this, which is, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. So this scripture really just just says we need to be hearing God's will on this situation so whatever you're praying for believing for God what is your will because once we've heard his will we've heard his voice we've heard him speak then we know what we're asking for he will he will do it it might take time we might need to know a time scale from God but he will answer what his will is for that situation so that's how I would answer that question um how do you continue? It's first of all knowing what his will is in the in the situation, getting help knowing what his will is, and and sometimes what you're praying for might not actually be God's will. He might not be his best for you. He might not want to actually do that in your life, and you've got to come to terms with that as well. But just weighing that with someone, getting with someone, and if you're not able to hear God clearly on it, and just find out, okay, God, what is it that you're wanting to do with this? Cool. So hopefully that's answered that question. And what I want us to do is a response this morning, just for a few minutes. If we could just break into people around you, maybe groups of, there's quite a few people here, groups of five. So if you shuffle around the room a bit if, with people around you, I want you to pray for each other. And what I wa- how I want this to be done is it's, I don't want people to be going on a, long rant about stuff that they want prayer for just very specifically ask the people in your group so one by one okay what what do you want God what is it you're asking God or you need God to do for you right now and just very in a very short space because otherwise we're going to run out of time just just let the people in your group know and then as a group just pray for that person we did this a few probably about a month ago I think it worked really well so students, if you could break up and just go alongside some other people. But let's break up into groups of five. People at the back are included. Break up into groups of five. And let your request be made known to the group. And just, you doesn't need to take long. We're just speaking into that person's situation, God's will to take place. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.